been down to the river. I hate the same prodigal Guys, welcome this morning. I'm glad everyone's here today. Let's go, to the Lord, in prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning that we're here, Lord, to worship you, worship you in song and giving and preaching and teaching of your word today. And Lord, so I just thank you for the opportunity to be here today to worship with my brothers and sisters, Lord. And in everything we do today, Lord, we want to give you the praise and you the glory. It's in your name I do pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God and all my life you have been guys. All right. You may be seated this morning. Got a few announcements. Um, let's start with women's ministry announcements this morning. Women's coffee will be this Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. at Prickly Cactus. So women's coffee, ladies, Friday morning at 8.30 at Prickly Cactus. The women's recipe swap is going to be, that's this Friday, right? This coming Friday, ladies, here at the church at 6 p.m. So what you're doing is you're bringing your favorite dish to share, and you're printing out the recipe with it so that uh, everybody else can learn and, yeah, I guess, right, and eat and have a good time. And so 6 o'clock Friday night uh, at the church. Fellas, McDonald's, 6 o'clock Friday night for us, it sounds like, okay? I don't know. It's going to be a rough Friday night. I don't go. A uh, couple other announcements. Every Wednesday night here at the church, if you never came on Wednesday night, we have classes every Wednesday night. We eat dinner with one another uh, at 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights. We have cooking teams that cook 
really just amazing meals on Wednesday night, and I really appreciate them. So we eat dinner at 6 o'clock, and then we have classes at 6.45. We have an adult class upstairs. We have kids' classes, nursery, and youth classes uh, downstairs. So that's every Wednesday night. Men's Bible study tonight at 6 p.m. Men's Bible study tonight at 6 p.m. There's the shoebox ministry list he'll put up here in just a second. Uh, start bringing this stuff in. Again, we got a couple of months to collect all this stuff for uh, the shoeboxes. Those, those go around the world to kids around the world. Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham's organization, is the one who organizes this. We try to collect enough stuff for 50 shoeboxes every year. Uh, so that's kind of our goal every year is 50 shoeboxes. So bring that uh, stuff in. Uh, women's Monday night Bible study. Six o'clock here at the church tomorrow night, ladies. You have Bible study at six o'clock tomorrow night uh, here at the church, and then the the uh, Sunday night Bible study. I was wrong on the date. I kept announcing the wrong date, and I was corrected on this. It's next Sunday, September twenty fourth at six p.m. is when the Bible study starts. Uh, the books are in. Do you have any more books left, Brenda? Okay. Yep, so if you signed up for a book or you need a book, please see Brenda today. They'll, the next Sunday is when they'll start the introduction and chapter 1, ladies. And that Bible study is every going to be every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Uh, the men will, I don't know, ladies will meet upstairs, men downstairs. I don't, you guys can figure that out. But uh, Bible study starting next Sunday, ladies, uh, in the evening as well as the one on uh, Monday evenings. Uh, we have a wedding shower on October 8th after uh, church, Sierra's uh, wedding shower. They wanted me to put that on there. Fall outreach at the park. Um, this is coming up really quick. I know Mike's on vacation this week. It's two weeks from now is when we're doing this. It's on Sunday, October 1st from 1 to 4 p.m. So if you would like to help with that outreach at the park on A Highway, uh, it is, it's coming up real quick. It's going to be here in a couple of weeks. And then we got something special, the middle of October, I wanted to start announcing this, uh, it's Fall Fest, and so we have a great time, it's going to be at Steve and Dana's house again. Uh, what we're going to be doing that day is celebrating Crossbridge's 20th anniversary. So we'll have some special stuff that day, and then that afternoon we'll be celebrating uh, with Fall Fest our 20th anniversary, that's October 15th, so just about four weeks from now. And then I also have the Thanksgiving dinner on here uh, is November 12th. Uh, that's a Sunday night at 5 p.m. At 5 p.m. So look for details uh, coming up on some of that stuff. If, if, did I forget anything? Is there any other announcements this morning that I need to know about? Oh, grief share. I'm sorry. I do have grief share on here. I just skipped it. I'm sorry, Stephanie. Grief share every Thursday night from 6 to 8 here at the church on Thursday night. So if you know of somebody who has uh, lost a loved one and struggling with loss, please have them come to Grief Share. I think it's going really good from the updates I've gotten. Uh, the last two weeks have been really good. So Grief Share every Thursday night uh, from 6 to 8. So we're busy. We always got a lot going on, which is a good thing, trying to minister to people. Anything else this morning? Okay, if you would stand, let's take up our morning offering, and then we'll have our time of, of worship today uh, before we jump into God's Word together. And let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll bless that morning offering today. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you, uh, God, just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you today. And uh, part of that, uh, God, and a big part of that is giving. And so, Lord, you care about giving. You care about, you want every uh, part of us. And so, Lord, today, as we give back to you, we give you our best, God. And I pray uh, over this offering this morning that, Lord, it will further your kingdom it will um, share the gospel, not only here on, in a, our community, on a local level, but around the world, Lord. I thank you for the many ministries that we're involved with, our missionaries that we have uh, around the world. And in everything we do, uh, God, this morning, including giving to you, we want to give you our best, and we want to worship you in spirit and truth this morning, God. So we love you, and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Yeah, I'm filling in for Ace this morning. Need to remember Ace too. He uh, doing something this morning, either a baby shower or something with his daughter or something. I don't remember what it was, but <laughs> he's not going to be here today. Um, so, last time that I led led worship, I had some good reception on some of the older songs that I'd picked. Um, of course, this morning we start off with some new ones. Um, so we're going to do that again today. I got a couple here that uh, you might have heard before. Or you may not have ever heard it ever, <laughs> and this will be new to you anyways. Um, so this one's going to be called, and I guess there's a couple titles. It's either I've 
the lily of the valley or what we've got on our song select, I found a friend in Jesus. So um, I just know it as lily of the valley, but this is how it goes. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. Oh, you do know it, huh? this one or not. Thank you. 
So when I was a kid, there was a, a grumpy old man that was in our Baptist church. His, I hate to say grumpy, but he was. I'm not going to tell you his name in case you know him. He's, he's passed away and went to heaven many, many years ago. But whenever we would sing Lily of the Valley, he used to say amen through, through most of it. And, and he would sing the amen part. I don't know if you ever heard that. But when he opened that this morning, it made me think of him. Uh, and we used to sing those hymns when I was a kid. And I, I, I like it. I don't know, we may have a church that's like, oh, I don't like the old Baptist hymns. The preacher likes the old Baptist hymns. The preacher likes the Baptist hymns. So, hey, if you guys are doing my funeral anytime soon, which I hope you're not, play some old Baptist hymns, okay? Play some old Baptist hymns. All right, Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37. Hey, if it was good for them, it should be good for us too. I mean, there's some good, rich theological truths about who God is in some of those hymns. Folks, and they teach you a lot about who Jesus is. And you, and you know what? I, many of us this morning won't remember what's said in the sermon, but we'll remember what we sing. And you remember that. And so having deep theological truths is important. Genesis 37, 28 through 36. And then we're going to flip to the next chapter and read 1 through 5. So we're starting in Genesis 37, uh, chapter 37, verse 28. It says, says this. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and the boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in, his, in the blood. And then they... And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without, without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth, sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Let's go to 39 and 1 through 5. And it says, Now Joseph had been bought... Uh, brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house, and put him in charge of all that he had had. From, from that... From from the time that he made him overseer to his house and all over he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and his field. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning, Lord, um, just for our time of worship that we could lift our voices in song to you, uh, Lord. And as now we read uh, your word uh, together, there's, there's a couple of really great truths uh, in here about who you are uh, and, and, and a command for us also, uh, Lord. And so as I, I pray this morning that we open our hearts and we learn it, we take it to heart, and we are encouraged this morning. Uh, in everything we do, God, including this sermon, we want to point people to you. And we want to give you the praise and glory. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Kids, second grade and below, can go downstairs to Children's Church if they'd like to this morning. Kids, second grade and below. So, uh, I'm thankful to be with my church family again this morning as we study God's Word together. Uh, and last week we looked at how Joseph's brothers came into sin because of not going to Jacob and getting the sin taken care of. If you remember, there was a sin of partiality where Jacob was showing a whole bunch of favoritism uh, towards Joseph. And those brothers didn't handle it the right way. Uh, they let it eat on them and gnaw on them. And 
They, that uh, jealousy soon became anger and turned into hatred where most of his brothers just wanted to kill him. Reuben says, no, 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 let's don't kill the young boy. Let's, let's put him in a pit. They threw him in a pit and they sold him into slavery. They sold him into slavery. We read this morning they took his coat uh, that had signified that he was his father's favorite and they killed a goat dipped it in blood and took the coat to his father and lied and said that he was eaten. They just wanted to get rid of Joseph because their hatred for him. And they didn't handle that the right way. The first thing they should have done is gone to who? Jacob. They should have went to Jacob and said, hey, we love you, but you are showing a whole bunch of favoritism towards Joseph. They didn't do that. They could have, uh, when Joseph became a little bit... Brag, bragging and, and a braggart in my opinion that he was going to be the top dog uh, they could have went to him they didn't and so we looked at Matthew chapter 18 when we get upset with somebody how we should handle that there's a, a great lesson there not to let the sin fester because if somebody sins against us it becomes our sin when we don't either forgive them and cover the sin or go confront them so it's kind of what we talked about last week their anger just grew and grew uh, we either have to cover it or confront it so I want to start today, uh, before we get into this really, with I just want to be completely open with the body. Most of the times here at Crossbridge, I am very challenging from this pulpit. I try to be. Uh, I, I preach maybe like these really challenging sermons. Um, and, and I think because I'm always trying to challenge myself to go deeper in my walk with the Lord and grow closer with Christ, to trust Him more. And I also, um, I also know that the, the knowledge of who Jesus is and what He did and how a person can be saved is very much confused in our society. And so I'm more of, I guess, a preacher that really likes to challenge. Like, hey, let's go. Let's get deeper in our walk. And, and maybe that can come across as rough sometimes. Um, and I don't... I, 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 for one, I never want our church to have confusion about who Jesus is or not how someone can be saved. I want that to be very clear. Um, but I want to be blunt, open, and honest. There are times when I can probably forget the softer, loving, caring side of God too. And today when I read this text, I really see it's a huge reminder of that. I, I read this text and I, I see that. So I, I t today I pray that this is not what I would call a smoke-out sermon, right? Where it's going to stomp on your feet. I hope today is more of a very encouraging sermon. That it encourages you and lets you know, number one, that God is always there. He's always there, no matter what you're, you're going through. And in this text, the first thing that jumps out to me is verse 2. It, and it says, the Lord was with Joseph. And he became a successful man serving in the household of his Egyptian master. And that's my first point. That's the first point today. That no matter where Joseph was, whether if it was in the pit or whether he was sold into slavery, who was with him? God was with him. God was with him. He didn't abandon him. And I, I want us to really think this morning about what Joseph had been through. Think about what he had been through with his own family. His brothers hated him. His own flesh and blood hated him. They had stripped him down and thrown him into a pit. Undoubtedly, he thought that they, wanted, they were going to kill him. Uh, but can you imagine what Joseph would be going through Joseph's mind? Can you imagine? As he sold into slavery and taken to a foreign land, his own family had abandoned him had sold him into slavery. I don't know of a, of a more, there's probably something in here, I'm sure, in, in God's word that's more harsh than that, being treated as, but I can't think of one, of a more harsher situation where someone is treated by their own family than Joseph was treated by his. And chapter 37 of Genesis tells us that Joseph wasn't a grown man here. It was, he was 17 years old. He was a teenager at a time when our teenagers and young people need their family more probably than any point in their life and need encouragement, need guidance, need direction. Joseph's is abandoning him. He's sold into slavery as a, a teenager. His own family, his flesh and blood is turning on him. That When they throw him into that pit, can you imagine how scared he must have been? Scared to death. They sell him into slavery. He doesn't know anybody. He's by himself. He's by himself. 
what he thinks, but he's not by himself. God never left him. I can't think of a more of a worse situation for somebody to be in this morning than Joseph was in. Joseph is alone. In human eyes, he's alone. But guess what? He's not alone. God is with him the whole time. Why was God with him? Because God had made a promise to Abraham. And that had been followed down through Isaac, Jacob, and now Joseph. And what was that promise? That he was going to make them into a, a, a great, mighty nation. And ultimately, who was going to come from this great, mighty nation? The Lord Jesus Christ. And God promised him. He promised him, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And he's not going to break that promise. God doesn't lie. What does that mean for us today? What does that mean for us? That means that even in the darkest moments of your life, if you are a follower, a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the most darkest moments of your life, God is there. He's there. He's there with you. One of the most comforting passages in all of Scripture, it's in our discipleship book, it's one that I think we should all just highlight, is found in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Romans 8, 38 and 39. But I actually want to start, when I was rereading this last night, I should have put verse 37, because I want to start in verse 37. 37, 38, and 39. It says this in Romans chapter 8. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh, man. That means when you're in Christ, you, when you're in Christ, because he loves you, you're more than a conqueror. You can handle anything. Anything that comes at you, he's with you. Here's the promise. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing in all creation that can separate you from God's love. Nothing. He covers every gamut of possibility in this passage. You think about height or depth. Anything in all creation, that includes ourselves. That, create, that includes Satan. That includes everything. It's everything. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That means no matter what situation you can come up with that you could go through in your life, and there's some horrible situations. There's horrible things that happen. We get sick. We, ha we have the loss of loved ones. No matter what you're going through or what you've been through, God's there. When you're one of his children, God's there. God being with his children, you know what else this is? This is a constant theme throughout the Bible. You see this over and over and over and over. In Joshua 1.9, Joshua 1.9, famous verse in the Old Testament. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What's he telling Joshua? Joshua, they're about ready to go into the promised land. And what was in the promised land? Giants. Giants. Nine feet tall giants like Goliath. Huge cities with walls around them. The Israelites don't have anything. Man-made. They don't have an army. They're just a, it's a, a leaving Egypt. They're, they don't have anything. But who do they have? They have God. And he says, don't, don't be scared. Don't have fear. Be courageous because I'm with you and I'm going to take care of you. What happens? A great example is they go and they walk around Jericho. They get to Jericho. Mighty walls of Jericho. I think when I look at the brick, on, I think of mighty walls of Jericho and, and how high those walls around Jericho must have been. And it's a fortress. Nobody could conquer Jericho. And God's battle plan was, ah, don't use your weapons. Just walk around it. Seven times, for seven days, on the seventh day, walk around it seven times, make a mighty shout, and I'll take the walls down. That was the battle plan. That's amazing. You know what he's doing? God's saying, hey, it's me. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I think of Moses back in Exodus when he's leading Israel out of Egypt. Moses is very hesitant to go. 
He's, he, in fact, he tries to talk God out of it. Isn't there somebody else, God, that can go? And what does God say? In Exodus 3, 7 through 12, verse 12, he says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. I'm going to be there with you. Over and over and over throughout Scripture, God gives a mission. And you know what amazing thing? It's not a solo mission. When he gives a mission, it's never a solo mission. Because he's always there. He's always with us. And you know what I see here is that God says, I'm with Joseph. At the deepest, darkest point of his life, the worst part of his life, who's with him? Nobody else is, but God is. Now, what else, what else does that teach us? Don't count on people. Because people will fail you. If you put your faith and trust in men, you will, you will be failed. Don't follow preachers or elders. Don't follow men. Follow God. He's not going to let you down. God is going to be with us during the worst points of our life. The loss of loved ones. Health problems, work problems, family problems, church family problems, sin problems. Guess who's with us? God's there. How can I say that? How can I say that confidently this morning? Because God says nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing can. So that means that he's with us. God had this mission for Joseph. He was going to be there with him. Listen. If you're a follower of Christ this morning, God has a mission for you too. He has a mission for you. Glorify Him, praise Him, serve Him, and share Him. And no matter what happens during this journey of life, these gifts that He's given you to use for His glory, no matter what happens, when you are one of His children, He's with you. He's with you. I hope that brings some encouragement this morning. That no matter what you're going through in your life, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have been born again, if you're a born-again believer of His, He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. It's not a solo mission. Psalm 23, verse 4. Everybody knows the famous chapter of Psalm 23. What does it say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. There is comfort. There is comfort in having a relationship with the creator of the universe. And knowing that nothing is outside his realm. There is nothing that can go on that's outside of him. Nothing. God had a mission for Joseph. He has a mission for us. Now here's the second thing that really jumped out to me in this passage. That when Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph, all he did, everything Joseph did was successful. Not because, listen, not because Joseph had some amazing talent. This kid's a teenager. He's, he's wet behind the ears. He doesn't know anything. He hasn't lived life. In fact, he's been a spoiled brat his whole life. He hasn't had to work hard, and he was sold as a slave. But yet, for some reason, this spoiled brat who doesn't know anything is successful in everything that he does. Why? Because God's with him. And Potiphar sees that. Potiphar's a smart guy. He's a wealthy guy. He sees that. And so what does he do? He puts him in charge. He says, you're going to be in charge. I don't know why. You're just a snot-nosed teenager, but God's with you, and you're successful, so I'm going to put... No offense, snot-nosed teenagers, okay? I'm sorry this morning. <laughs> just the way it is. I was one at one time, too. Okay, boys? It just it is, all right? But he puts them in charge. He puts them in charge. And you know what that tells me this morning? Surround yourself with people that God is with. Surround yourself with people that God is with. Go, go back to Genesis 39. That's where it's at. Genesis 39, verses 5 through 6. Let's read it one more time. Genesis 39. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Now hold on. Potiphar was not a follower of God. Potiphar lived in a pagan society that worshipped false gods. But because Potiphar had surrounded himself with somebody who was of God 
and who God was with, what happened? He reaped blessings off of that. He reaped blessings off of that. One of the first lessons that we try and teach our snot-nosed teenagers, I'm sorry, guys, I just, I love you kids, you know that? I'm looking at my football team up here. You guys know I love you, right? All right. The, one of the first things we try to teach our teenagers is what? To get good friends. Surround yourself with good friends. Get good friends. None of us want our kids growing up and joining a gang, right? Because many times the company that you keep is what? Who you become. Don't we teach that to our teenagers over and over and over and over? Don't we as adults, can't we learn the same lesson? Surround yourself with godly people. Scripture tells us that. 1 Corinthians 15, says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So who you surround yourself with is going to have an influence over your life. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So, hold on, adults. Surround yourself with people that God is with. Who is God with? His children. Surround yourself with other believers. One of the best ways to grow in our relationship with the Lord is to spend time with the Lord in prayer, in reading His Word. Those are evident, right? But it's also to spend time with other godly people. To spend time with people, and guess what starts to happen? They rub off on you. You start to learn from them. This is a major reason why we are commanded to not neglect the fellowship of the saints. This is a major reason why we're supposed to come together. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 24 and 25. It says this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. 25. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. What's the day drawing near? That's what? Jesus coming back. So, we meet with one another to spur each other on into good works and to love. We... Not neglecting that time. It is important. The body of believers is important. In fact, it should be the most important thing in our lives. Our best friendships, our best relationships should be where? In this body of believers. It should be in the body of believers. These are the people that you should talk to regularly. These are the people we should worship with serve with and then what are what are we doing when we're doing that we're stirring each other up to love and good works these should be the most important relationships that you have in your life are inside this body of believers we're stirring and then proverbs 27 17 comes in iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another what starts to happen you start rubbing off on one another and you start talking about things of God. And you start learning. You, and, you, and you start growing. And you, you teach others. And, and what happens? We're spurring each other up to good works. And a productive life in the Lord with one another. You surround yourself with other godly people. You know, there are many times when people leave the church body. They leave a church body. The reasons that you hear are numerous sometimes, but... Some of them go like this. I just don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. I don't feel like I fit in. When I hear those, there have been times where those are generally the same ones that come once a month. They come once a month. They've never attended a Bible study or a church activity. Never volunteer for anything. That's what happens. You're not going to get to know anybody. That's not spending quality time. The, their idea of fellowship is setting in a, the seat for an hour once or twice a month on a Sunday morning. That's not iron sharpening iron. 
That's checking a spiritual box. I encourage you today, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, to join the body of believers. To join the body of believers. Now listen, in the New Testament, they didn't know about multiple bodies of believers in the same town. Okay, It's okay that we have multiple bodies of believers in a town. right? But make sure you join a body of believers, number one, that teaches the truth of who Jesus is. The truth of the way somebody can be saved. That the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is shared every single week. Not self-help sermons. We don't do Dr. Phil or Oprah. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we are separated from God because of sin. But God did something amazing. He went to the cross and he died for us. And he rose again defeating death. If you don't hear that message on a regular weekly basis, don't join that body of believers. They need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's the most important thing. Now, the other thing, what are some other things we look for in surrounding ourselves with godly people? It shouldn't matter what anyone wears in the, in the church service. If somebody wears t-shirts or somebody wears a button-up shirt, those are all things of the world. We start to look at, okay, how can I serve the body and be a part of the body and use my gifts that God has given me to serve the body of believers, to further the kingdom So you need to get involved with the mission work of the church. Be engaged with sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. Hey, that doesn't mean it necessarily has to come out of your mouth, but there's a support system. Hey, in the the Marines, right, Tom? Not everyone's an infantryman, but everybody knows how to use a rifle. But I guarantee in the Marines, everybody's supporting the infantryman. So maybe you're not the one that's out front shooting the gospel message out. This is maybe a horrible analogy. I don't know. Maybe you're not the one shooting the gospel message out. You're bringing the ammunition up. I don't know. But we all have a part, right? You join the body of believers so that there's support in that. There's support in that. There's iron sharpening iron. When we surround ourselves with godly people in our lives, guess what starts to happen? Blessings start to come. You get blessed by being having relationships with other godly people. You get blessings from them. You, hey, you, what kind of blessings? Oh, maybe you're going down a prosperity gospel? No. I mean, somebody may bless you financially, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. You get blessed spiritually by being around people like that. And then you know what? When you join that kind of body, you know what we're meant to do? We're meant to pray with those people, to serve with them, learn with them, to cry with them to laugh with them, to evangelize with them, to eat with them, to spend time with them. And then you get spiritual blessings. You get emotional blessings. And then, you know what? If there's a time in your life where you've lost your job or you need help, the body helps the body. We will help you. We will be there for you. That's what a church body does. That's what we're called to do. Listen, Potiphar didn't know much about Joseph, guys. He didn't. But you know what he did know? He knew that God was with him. He knew that God was with him. And because of that, what did Potiphar want to do? He wanted to be really near Joseph. This guy is getting blessed because he, God is with him. And he wanted to be near Joseph. He wanted, to run, he wanted Joseph to run everything in his house. So what happens? What, is, what does this passage tell us? So God blessed Potiphar for the, on the sake of who? Joseph. Potiphar received some of the blessings, even though he wasn't a follower of God. He still received some of the blessings that God was giving Joseph because he had associated himself with Joseph. Now, what am I saying this morning? Well, I can be lost and come to church and get blessings? No. I'm saying that how much more blessing will you receive as a child of God when you surround yourself with other godly people? Think about that. Think about how much he he blesses our lives because of the people that he places in them. Only through... Only through authentic relationships with other believers can we really truly live out our faith we profess and become all that God has designed us to be. We grow in that. We serve in that. We become who God wants us to be as individuals and as a church body. That's exciting. And you know who's with us the whole way? No matter what? God is. He's always with us. 
Now, you may be here this morning, and you may be going through something in your life going, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. This is the worst part of my life, and I feel like I'm alone. Listen, if you're there this morning, if that's you this morning, you know what you need to do? Draw near to God even more through prayer, through his word, through his relation, through relationships with other believers. When, when we're going through rough, horrible things in our life, we, we need to do one of two things. It's either an opportunity to turn from God and go on a solo mission, or it's a time to draw near and draw even closer to the body of believers. I'm telling you, I believe in my lifetime, I'm 43, about ready to hit 44. In the next 20 years, I don't think we'll be able to recognize the way our country was founded. Unless there's a drastic revival and change in our country. The church is going to be heavily persecuted. You are either going to run and try to do solo and turn your back. Or the church will, and I believe, become very strong. Because we will draw into one another and get strength from the Lord and strength from one another. And we will be even more of a family than we've ever been. Because we will rely on one another for everything. And you know what else it's going to do? It's going to kind of be exciting. It's going to weed out fake Christians. People who are Christians in word only, they're going to be gone. Because the minute they're persecuted for their faith, oh no, they're going to be gone. True followers of Christ will do this. will come together. And the church will be very, very strong. Very strong. Today, I, I pray that you have been encouraged that no matter what you're going through, everybody has stuff that they try to keep to themselves. You may have stuff where on the outside, your life looks perfect. On the inside, you're a wreck. Listen, God's with you. He's with you. He is with you. If you are a follower of His, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hold on to that. Listen, here's the second thing. There is great encouragement to be found in the body of Christ. That is where we challenge one another, where we're there for one another. We love one another. We sharpen each other. Surround yourself with godly people. Learn from them. Be blessed because they're in your life. Don't surround yourself with people of the world. So, hey, I'm t I, tell, I tell people all the time that when you become a follower of Christ, sometimes your relationships change. The people that you used to hang out with, you don't have a desire to hang out with anymore. Because they're living in total rebellion against God and you're not. It doesn't mean you hate them. You just, you're not getting anything from them. Like they're trying to lead you down a path that you know is wrong. When you become a follower of Christ, sometimes your friendships totally change. The people you surround yourself with change maybe today you're here and you have gifts that God's given you you've professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior you've been baptized and you need to use those gifts in a local body of believers I'm going to tell you a few things one I'm not perfect and our elders aren't perfect and this church isn't perfect because we're made up of imperfect people that have been saved by Christ but I can tell you that we're going to stand on the truth. We're going to preach the truth. We're going to share the truth of what this says. Not with what the world wants it to say, but what it says. We're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everybody that we can. If you need to be a part of that body of believers, here's what you do. You come forward and you say, I want to join this local body of believers. And then you get to sit down and you'll, you'll meet with me. We'll have a meeting. We'll talk about when you were saved and baptized. And then we have a new member class. So we're going to be having another one in November. You go through. You learn about our constitution, what we believe. You can ask us questions. At the end of that, you're voted in a business meeting. It doesn't mean you can't start serving and getting involved. That's the process. Because here's what we don't want to do as a church. And I'm not ch trying to chase rabbit trails, but I'm going to for a second. We don't want to add people to the church who are not saved and following the Lord Jesus Christ. A church body is for believers who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ where they can come and use their gifts and further the kingdom together. Okay, If that's 
if you don't have a, a church body you're serving at, get in one. Get in one. Get in a church body where you can serve and use your gifts. Maybe that's you this morning. Get, get refocused. Maybe you've been here, coming for, here for a little bit. Maybe you're a member this morning and you've been neglecting the meeting together of the saints and using your gifts and talents to further the kingdom. You know what you can do? Get refocused. Get refocused. Get back on what's really important. Get back in tune with what God has for your life. Get refocused. You can do that. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. If you would, please stand this morning. Our hymns of invitation here this morning, I probably need to explain this. They're not to badger you. They are not to make an emotional appeal for you to come down to the altar and pray. Our, our invitation times are simply a time where you can spend with God one-on-one. If you want me to pray for you, I'll be more than happy to pray for you. But I never am never going to jump into somebody's time with God unless they ask me to. Okay? If you want me to pray with me, you come up and say, hey, would you pray with me? And I, me and my wife, if you're a young lady, I'm going to bring my wife up with me. And we're going to pray with you. Okay? But if you need to come, you can do that. You can pray from right there. This isn't about trying to emotionally appeal somebody into making a decision. If you have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ... The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, today. We are not promised another day. We lost a, a close, I would say a family friend. Uh, we found out about it yesterday afternoon. Wednesday, he was killed in a car uh, in a motorcycle accident in Springfield. word. Thank you for this time that we've got to spend together. Lord, if there's people here that don't know you, I pray today's the day they get down on their knees and they believe in what you did for them on the cross, that they sinned. And because they've sinned, they violated you and your law. And they're guilty and they deserve a punishment. But oh God, you did something amazing. You came and lived a perfect life and you went to the cross. And their sins were placed on you and you died for them. And you rose again, defeating death. And if they believe in that, if they have the faith and they believe in that, you'll change their life and you'll save them. Lord, I pray if there's someone here like that, that they don't leave here today without the salvation that's found through you. I pray God today was an encouraging message for our congregation, that you're with us no matter what. No matter we're going through family struggles or divorce or anxiety or nervousness or whatever it is can get in our lives that we just start to worry about, that you're with us and that we can have rest and peace in you. And that, Lord, there's strength being found in being around other godly believers. Lord, we love you today, and in everything we do, we give you praise and glory. In your name I pray. Amen.
like it, brother. I like it. All right, I want to thank you for joining us today. Here's the benediction. Uh, it's Matthew 28, 19, and 20. This, this may seem like, why is he using this as a benediction? Because here's the thing. We, a lot of times, don't skip over it, but we, we, the heart and we think the meat and potatoes is the first part of it. But the real meat and potatoes here is the end. And it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of age. He ain't going nowhere. He's with you. Leave on that note. Mike, would you close us in prayer? Father, we just thank you for being able to be in your house today your people and, and Lord and uh, we are just grateful God that you never abandon us desert us give up on us Lord you're going to be with us all the way to the very end we're just grateful for that and and also Lord what a blessing the church is Lord and we have uh, all people here that uh, believe on you that their lives have been radically changed and, and they're trying to live for you Lord the best way they know how and they confess and admit and, and repent when they don't and Lord and we just continue to grow to to bring other people into the kingdom, Lord, by how we're living our lives and us sharing the gospel. And so, Lord, be with us as we leave out of here today, Lord, and help us, Lord, use every opportunity to be able to share you with other people that we come in contact with. And we'll give you the praise because you're worthy. And we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.